I'm Zivy Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zivyowens.com for updates on podcast guests and lots of live events. Today's episode has been sponsored by a startup stationery company called Dear Annabelle. They make engraved note cards and place cards and really cool, fun pads. It's super luxury, but also a little bit irreverent and whimsical. And right now, with so much of this social distancing and all of us being separated from all the people we love, there's really no better time to take out a beautiful piece of stationery and write a letter to somebody you miss. In fact, this is making me want to do this right this very second. So check out DearAnnabelle.com, D-E-A-R, Annabelle.com, and the code is Zibby15, Z-I-B-B-Y 15, and you'll get 15% off of all of this amazing stuff. So Definitely go check it out. And thank you so much to dear Annabelle for being our sponsor. I'm so excited to be here today with Jen Gotch, who's the founder and chief creative officer of Bandeau, the multi-million dollar lifestyle brand. She's a mental health advocate, reluctantly, as you'll find out, and the author of the book, The Upside of Being Down, How Mental Health Struggles Led to My Greatest Successes in Work and Life. She used to host the podcast, Jen Gotch is Okay, Sometimes. She currently lives in Los Angeles. Welcome, Jen. <laughs> Thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you. Mom. <laughs> I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you. Yay. Can you please tell listeners what the upside of being down is about? And I won't even read the subtitle because I, I don't want to give it away. Yeah. I, I also feel like the subtitle is really a hard one to get out. And when I have to say it, I'm just like, let's just call it the upside of being down. I think we'll... Yeah, we'll, we'll scratch it off. Yeah. Why, need, why, why even use it? <laughs> so, you know, in my mind, it's a self-help memoir. And the intention of the book for me was Actually, to, it's a thriller. <laughs> that's amazing. It's a horror piece. <laughs> um, <laughs> part of the process was a horror piece. But the, the, the book itself was, you know, I wanted to share my stories in the hopes that it would help people that are struggling with mental health issues feel less alone, also speak to entrepreneurs. And I share a lot about building my brand, Bandeau, and then offer up some potential solutions along the way. And so really the intention was just to build self-awareness in the reader. I feel like after 20 years of therapy, I had some wisdom that I wanted to impart and to do it in a way that I feel like my approach is like probably more lighthearted than most for a difficult subject matter, but still in treating it with respect. So yeah, I just wanted it like an accessible mental health memoir. (laughs) And why now? Have you been thinking about this for a while? I feel like I've been thinking about writing a book since I was a child. And my editor actually approached me in 2015 to write the book, which I just didn't feel like it was the right time. I was very consumed with my business at the time. And through a series of emails over the years, we eventually synced up. I think it was like maybe mid-2018. And then I just like felt like I was in a better place with the business, like to be able to take that time away and had had so many more life, you know, married, divorced, the business had changed. I feel like had gained more wisdom just in general. So it just felt like the time to do it. So it certainly was something I had always thought about, but I was really wanted to commit to it being the right time. 
Speaking of your divorce, mm. when I went on your website to <laughs> learn more about you. and you- I'm just waiting for him to see that, which he may never oh, see. Oh, my but- gosh. So on Jen's website, it says, my ex-husband has the password to my website, <laughs> so I can't update it. I had to wipe the whole thing out and start one from scratch. And then you went on and on. Like, we have a nice relationship, but it's not really good enough for me to ask him for the password. Oh, so- I've asked. I've asked several times. He just, and like, it is, it was like conscious uncoupling. Like it's completely amicable. I mean, he lives in Australia now, so we don't like run into each other at the market, but it just couldn't seem to extract that one, one little bit of information. And it's been years. And finally I was like, why am I, why am I pushing for something I'm never going to receive? (laughs) Let's just, let's just do this. I can let go of the website that I really loved because I can't get in it and years of emails that I have no access to. And it was fine. But I just thought, I mean, it's pretty much very aligned with who I am as a person to share just right out of the gate. (laughs) No, it was perfect. Like, this is so on brand for her. It's true. But I did want to like get on the phone with customer service. And I'm like, I feel like I could figure this out for her. I feel like there's a workaround here. I can do it. You tried everything? So, I mean, so many things. And then I was just like, they're just, I feel like when you get to that point with anything in life, it's just like, why? Yeah. Maybe it's meant to be. Yeah. Maybe you needed to start fresh. And this is. Agreed. You know. A sign from above. Yes. <laughs> or a sign from customer service. Yes. <laughs> or a sign from my ex-husband. So in case people don't know what Bando is. Mm, mm. This is my biggest challenge in life, trying to describe what Bando is, because I feel like, well, A, I'm just not great at like elevator pitches or short descriptions of anything, as you'll find the more questions you ask me. I could take a stab at answering my <laughs> I will definitely have you do, like, I actually think that's fun to hear, but what I came to realize not that long ago is outside of the things that we can explain what it is, it really is a state of mind. And like for me specifically, so I always have a hard time trying to encapsulate. It's like trying to put a cloud in a jar. It's just like, I, it's so much more than what it like physically is. But if I was to talk about what it physically is, it's I would say primarily a women's lifestyle brand. And we focus on sort of holistic betterment for lack of a better term and really work to evoke joy in our community through a lot of products that we make (laughs) that I'm told are joy evoking. So I was going to say a lifestyle brand and a movement. I love that. So we're, I mean, I feel like- A movement towards joy. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I feel like we're on the same page. Yeah. We've worked hard to get to that place, but that's what it is. Awesome stuff. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, I feel like it's pretty great. And there have certainly been times where I've resisted. I think a few years ago when I was really trying to open up to, like open the brand up a little bit broader than just like fun. I was like, can we stop making products? Because <laughs> I was like, I felt like I wanted it to be more content and like informational. They were like, we're a consumer products business. Like we can't, <laughs> we, we can't stop making pro-. I was like, I will go to the warehouse and set this stuff on fire. And they're like- Okay, please stay put. (laughs) You're just having an emotional reaction. And they were right. (laughs) So we were able to include some other items in our product line that I felt like were much more like directly correlated to how I was wanting us to portray ourselves in a more clear way, you know, instead of just being gobbled up by the fun. So, And do you feel like you have events and like things that 
you're super excited about now. Totally. In, in that direction. That yeah. Yeah. And I, and actually I think the book is going to be really helpful for that to give our community, especially like a better look at me and like sort of like the person behind this company and, and start to put it all together. Like, oh, I see. It's like fun is a huge part of it. I feel like that comes through for me. It's a huge part of my life, but that there are all these other things too. So, and I think it's starting, like it's definitely clicking for people, but yeah, there's a lot that's in the works that will help. And certainly now after the products have sort of veered into that direction, we're really focusing on events. Like we have our community, even we did a warehouse sale out here last year and just the way people show up for us and just like the people that come and like how diverse they are, but like that they're all sort of connected through this through line of just like wanting to feel accepted and happy is so energizing for us. So we're like, how can we do more of that outside of a warehouse sale, which is, I think are the most stress-free warehouse sales that there are. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been told that, but, but obviously we'd like to do things not just around products, so. And I, I saw on your website, you sell some books too, including yeah. Joyful, and I had Ingrid Fratelli yes. on oh, my you podcast. Did? I yeah. love Ingrid. She's done. She's actually done quite a few things for us, and she came and did a workshop for the girls Good. at Bandel. Yeah, when I saw her TED Talk, one of the girls who works at Bandel, her mom sent it to her, and then she sent it to me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's explaining everything that we stand for in like a scientific way. Like, we have to talk to this woman. She's yeah, she's so awesome. amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm redoing my website now and I'm like, oh, read all the parts of joy. Yeah. Like go through this matrix yes. and let's include them all because yes. it's so important to make yeah. people, you know, just that vibe of making people feel good. And I agree. I mean, I also think like you seem like someone who embodies that. So I feel like it's interesting to see when you just do what your gut says and then like, be like, oh my gosh, I'm like hitting all of those points. Like it it just, yeah, if you haven't read that book, you should read it. I mean, read yours too. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, I mean, I for, feel like that's a given. <laughs> Please. <laughs> it would be, they would be, it would be a great gift to do, give somebody to the two of them together. together I yeah. Say, I know, agree. Especially for somebody who's a little bit sad. Yeah. Next time yeah. I'm like recommending books for somebody who's sad, these are going to be my, oh, good. it's a good packet, right? Good. It's like yeah. a good, the hard facts and then me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, different ways facts. to bring joy. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you address a lot of things. I was particularly, I mean, I was interested in so much, but the entrepreneurial stuff struck a chord with me because I'm trying to like build up my new business and whatever myself. And you said something when you realized that you were sort of glamorizing success in a way that was unhealthy and that obviously you're not the only one who does this, that everybody's talking about how busy they are all the time. And you wrote, being busy all the time is bullshit, dangerous bullshit. (laughs) I know I said it twice, but that's how strongly I feel about this. (laughs) It, it, that tell is me about, tell me about it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I also think there was there was so much energy around female founders and like business growth. And I was certainly a part of that, like when that all started. And so there was so much about being busy. I mean, I, I hear it now. It's just like, people are like, I know you're very busy or I'm so busy. And I'm like, I'm actually not that busy. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm available, but watch you know, out. You will now be. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. But I feel like I understand my relationship to busyness now in a way that like the busier that I am is not indicative of like how successful I am as a person and also like what is success anyways. So I I feel a lot better. And I think the reason why I was so emphatic about that is because it just, for me, and I think for many people, it's like mentally and physically very unhealthy. And the reality is like, there's really only so much you can do on any given day 
or in your lifetime. And like the idea that if you just pack more in, you're going to get further. And I just don't, now that I can look back on that, I think it's a very common feeling that entrepreneurs, especially when you're starting a company, feel. And I went through that, but it really took a toll on me. And again, I just feel like it's still not something that people talk about because I think that type of growth and success and like she's here one day and there the next and it is still really being glamorized. And I just, I don't think it's fair for people that are starting to think like that's, that's what I want to attain. So I'm working really hard to like debunk that whole thing. (laughs) And do you really, you you said in the book that you put fun in your calendar every Wednesday night from six to nine. Is that true? It's, it's off the calendar now because I have a much better relationship with sort of like personal boundaries and like understanding that like fun Mm -hmm. is an important part of your life. Like you know, but I told the story about when when I went to the doctor and she was like, what do you do for fun? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I work. And I'm like, well, work is fun anyways. And I'm very busy. Like, I remember having this conversation. She sort of just looked at me like, you don't get it. She was like, you absolutely have to build. Like, if you feel like you're tethered to your schedule, you have to put fun into your schedule. And then she went on to explain what fun was, which is so ironic because of the brand that I have. <laughs> you know, I just was like, I felt like I was enjoying my life. So I didn't realize that there were times where I just would have to let go of all of that. So I had it in my calendar for many years. And then now I feel like I have fun all the time. Like I'm, you know, I'm like very, my my relationship to all of that has changed so much. But I would highly recommend that, especially when you are starting. I mean, even, or if you're at the end, I just think like we, you can get very like, well, this is my schedule today. And I think just putting that in, sort of helps you honor it and like gives it the weight that it actually deserves in life. Yep. So even just that permission. Yeah. And not just for people who are working, but even just for like anybody well, who's just like in general. going through life and trying to cross things off the list all the time to know that like, okay, well, yeah, maybe today's not so fun, but Wednesday at 630, yeah. I'm going to be having a blast. Yeah. That makes it all worth it today. And I don't even think it I think fun can come in many forms. Like, I don't think it's like, you have to go wild. I just, I feel like even with Vando, I found early on that people really felt like fun is a juvenile thing. Mm -hmm. And I just never understood that in general. But I do think it's something we sort of deprive ourselves unless, obviously, I don't have children, but I know that my, you know, my friends that have children are getting like secondhand fun because they're like, taking their kids, but it's like, what's really going to be fun for you and understanding that and doing it, I just think is such an important thing to give yourself. Every so often when I'm debating like the 8 million different decisions, right? I'm like, I could do this and I could take this person here and I could do this and da, da, da. Every so often I'm like, what do I actually want to do? And I'm like, well, I don't want to do any of those things. This is what I want to do. And then if I actually do that, it's like everything is better. It's life changing. I'm like, everything is better. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole, I feel like for different reasons, I've been really focusing on that too. Like, what do I want? Like, what do I want or what do I need right now? Which is like such a foreign concept for me. Mm -hmm. I'm usually like, what does everyone else want? And that feels really good to serve them. And I'm like, I'm actually not doing what I want 
And I'm kidding myself that sometimes what I want is something different. And like in doing that, it's been really interesting to give that permission across the board. Like, absolutely, it's not just about fun. It's like maybe what I want is to go to sleep right now Mm -hmm. and everyone else wants me to go out to dinner or, you know, whatever. But I think it's like a really powerful thing to start to like get in touch with that. I'm even like, you know what? I'm not sure I even like going out to dinner anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Why Sometimes don't I don't either. Go out to lunch. Like, yeah. Why don't we go to breakfast? Yeah. Maybe I'm just not a going out yeah. to dinner table well, person. Well, I think it's like, I mean, that's the whole thing with self-awareness. It's it's just like the more you can get in touch with yourself and understand, like it just sets you up for just like a different life, in my opinion. Like it's just, I've just seen so much connected to that. And like I think if you don't have that, it's hard to even identify. Right. what you really want or need. So so tell me about your mental health advocacy. Mm. Well, you know, it's funny. I feel like I'm certainly getting more accustomed to that title, mental <laughs> health advocate, but it, but. It sounds I, good though. It, yeah, it's not, it, I'm like very contrarian as a person. So like, I'm just like, that sounds like I'm in a group of people doing the same thing. Like my brain mm-hmm. does something very strange with something that's awesome like it and and so I think I had to come to terms with that and also it was all very inadvertent like I'm not necessarily like a goal person to be like I want to do this or become this like everything has been like sort of semi-accidental falling up (laughs) and so I think because it was such an informal thing for me it was just like me doing what came naturally to me I just had a hard time identifying with that now obviously I've written a book about it I had a podcast about it I certainly use my platforms to speak about it so I feel like it's become going from something that I was sort of rejecting to like really being able to not only embrace it but like feeling responsible in the best way possible to continue because I feel like, I don't know if gift is the right word, but I'm just like have the luxury of not feeling any shame or stigma around it for myself. So it makes it really easy for me to share things that as it turns out are like very scary for other people to talk about. Like I just didn't, I didn't realize that. Like I honestly did not have a good sense of like mental illness, mental health and how it relates to like actually to society and people on an individual level. Like I was so just in my Thing and have always just had the luxury of like really feeling safe with it. So, so is it the kind of thing where you just would go up to whoever you're talking yes. to and like share your like this is my medicine yes. and this is what yes yeah <laughs> proudly. <laughs> and now all of a sudden you're a mental health advocate and you don't know how you got here. It's kind that's, of yeah, yeah that's you've just happened. met me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how I operate. Awesome. I love this one scene with your mom, not to keep jumping around here, but no, that's when okay. you were growing up, you had this quote, you had this very difficult, you know, fighting type relationship and you go, fighting was our cardio and neither of us really liked to exercise, <laughs> which is one of my favorite things. Cause it's like, you didn't want to be fighting, but yeah. yet you got so much out of it. Like it, it just, yeah. you know, and your grandparents actually, which is heartbreaking, had this terrible suffering in the Holocaust, which informed their parenting, of course, of your mother sure. and then her parenting of you. So yes. I just wanted to have you dive into that, that mean for a second. Me? Yeah. yeah, I'm still uh, trying to find the bottom of that story. <laughs> like, I thought I, when I was writing the book, I'm like, oh, I figured it all out. And now I'm like, oh, wait, there's there's more. I can go deeper. But I think, yeah, obviously having an experience like that and my my grandfather had 
a wife and children that were gone. gone. And so didn't meet my grandmother until after they had been liberated. But so certainly his relationship as a parent was distant. He was a wonderful man and as a grandparent was like amazing. But like my mom always said, like there, you know, he obviously was not going to connect in a way that maybe someone who had not suffered that trauma, I mean, and also like given the time, like there was no access to any information or like, you know, and you know, my grandma was just like not an emotional person and was very just like hard and sort of critical. And it's not that like, it didn't seem like she didn't love my mom or us, but like the, just like the tone of their relationship was not easy. And a lot of that was mirrored, like sort of a slightly different mirror into my relationship with my mom. And so I think it's like not necessarily about loving or not loving, but just like, this is how I was related to from my parent. And I think that's a really hard thing to unwind from. And honestly, like part of the contributing factors to me not having children was like, I don't know that I'm not continuing that legacy. And I, and I just don't want to. Like I'd rather spend my life trying to figure some of that out. And I just like, it just didn't, it didn't feel like the right thing. So not to say like, my mom made me not want to have children, but I just, it's like, I think it, that's hard. I mean, we're all affected by our parents, whether, you know, when, whether they're like descendants of people that have suffered major trauma or their parents had a great life, there's still, you know, inadvertent damage that can be done. And I think like, that's also like a big theme of the book. It was like, I had great parents and they certainly were not like, they were not trying to hurt me and maybe in the way that I was hurt, mm-hmm. but I was still hurt, you know? So it's like, I don't feel resentment, but it's like still something that needs to be dealt with. So how do they feel about the book? They really like it. My mom, I think honestly was relieved. I, I feel like she, cause I didn't have them read it while I was writing. I mean, I was always like, if I felt like I was touching on something sensitive, I would just ask my mom, like, what within this are you happy for me to include and what are you not comfortable with? And she was like, I don't know that there was even anything. She was like, don't put it in. But I really didn't want her to read it until it was locked in because I felt like then in reading it, she might want to like change things. And I wanted it to be very true to my story. And so when she read it, she said, I thought it was going to be toxic, but it was tonic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh put that on the back you, of I was the just going to say, you yeah, should, yeah, that yeah. should have been a blurb. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so I feel like she had a real sense of relief that it wasn't like me tattletailing on my mom because it's like, what is the point of that? That's not yeah. really that. And, and my dad, who's just a true champion, was... I loved it. it. Took him a long time to read. He doesn't read. He's he's. I mean, he's a doctor, but he's like, I've never read a book cover to cover. So it was a huge deal for him. He would call me and be like, I got through eight pages today, <laughs> whereas my mom just like devoured it in like a day. So well, the audiobook. What's that? The yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I said. I was like, Dad, you can just wait. But he was like, No, I want to know what's what's in there. <laughs> so yeah. We so. were just saying how great it is that you got to record it yourself. Yeah, I set out to have it be the best audiobook ever recorded, which I will say it's not, but <laughs> it's not the worst. I I feel like I was working with some very experienced professional people that were not going to let me fail. And 
And like we like we were discussing, I felt like because of the subject matter and like it's also very like tonally in my voice that like yeah. who else? And from having the podcast, a lot of people actually have asked, like, are you doing are you doing the book? Like I want to hear you talk about it. So it's just an interesting thing when you read a lot, but you don't read aloud. And you're not being recorded and people aren't staring at you when you're doing it. And then like a lot of times I would read a sentence and I get to the end, I'd be like, oh, wait, we got to go back. Like that sentence ended in a much different way. Like <laughs> yeah, it, it turned out coming. it was a question yeah. <laughs> and not a joke. And so like, you know, it was a really interesting, interesting process. But I'm very excited to be able to offer that as an option too, or in conjunction. Yeah. I usually do audiobook and regular book when I'm really interested in a book because I feel like it helps. I mean, I read a lot of self-help too, but I feel like it just helps like really solidify some of the concepts. So so what what's coming next for you? What's on your no list No idea. No idea. Okay. I mean, and intentionally really have no idea. I mean, there's certainly, I'd love to write another book. I'd love to do more public speaking and share some of these stories in, in real life, continue to stay ahead of bandeau as the visionary and like seeing where we can go but i also just feel like i'm entering into this like moment in my life where anything could happen nothing could happen some surprise left turn could be offered to me and so i feel like myself and even everyone at bandeau is like no need to really plan or i i'm i'm really trying to operate without expectations anyways i just think it's like a healthier place to be so it's like who knows i'll have to come back and tell you because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's sort of fun though, right? It's I love like, it. I feel like we normally feel like we know, even though we don't. Like right. this is the time where it's actually very clear that I don't know. And the ability to be at a place in my life where I can just embrace that is a new feeling for me. Like, the, you know, had we met a year ago, I would have been like, oh, I don't know. And this is driving me crazy. Like now I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. Well, It'll be good and bad, and who knows? I mean, now you have this book coming out, so that's yeah. great. You don't even have to worry. This is just I know, like the I'm great very, night. You can ride the wave yeah. and enjoy it. And, I hope it's a big wave. I feel like I would love for it to be successful because I really wrote it with the intention of like helping people, and I know the more people that read it or share it with their friends or family. So I'm excited to like offer that up to the world and like see the feedback and like gain insight for whatever I do in the future. Like, it's so helpful for me to hear, like, what resonated with people and, like, what their, how it reminded them of something in their life and realize how connected we all are without everything, you know, your, our experiences feel so singular, especially with mental health issues. And, like, to know, like, there's so much that's connected. I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll see. I know I mentioned earlier I'm on the board of the Child Mind yes. Institute, childmind.org. Um, <laughs> and our, one of our main missions is destigmatizing mental illness for children. And yeah. so I feel like this book is just like, yeah. Right, my, I want to give it to like everybody. Well, let me not. Good. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'd like you to give it to yeah, everyone. Yeah, okay. I, I, <laughs> and I'm like, how many people would that be? No, yeah. Like, no, I really do. I mean, it would be great. We have a lunch coming in. Yeah. Give it to everybody. Yeah. Anyway. I would love that. Do you have any advice to aspiring authors? Oh, what a process that is. <laughs> I would say as challenging as people tell you it's going to be, it's more challenging than that. And if that doesn't deter you, you should still write the book, <laughs> you know, because I was like, mm, that's fine. It'll be fine. I understand. Challenging, whatever. And it's like the depths of that challenge, you know, I think it's just like, I mean, obviously a memoir I think is like, 
the deepest of the depths, but it's like you're going into this unknown that you there's no way you could have known existed, and it's a very solitary place to be. And so it's just like your brain will sort of do things. I don't know. I think it's like expect the unexpected, probably if I was going to say it in a sound bite. <laughs> Both good and bad, but certainly. I liked the long version too. Yeah, good. Yeah, you know. We're definitely friends now because <laughs> not everyone likes the long version of anything I say, but. Well, that's what makes life interesting. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I This is completely off topic, but I see you have Rachel's book. I do. Do you, she worked on my book. I don't know if you noticed I did, that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel Birch wrote a book called The Kids Are in Bed, and yeah. I'm about to interview her. Oh, this, you are? Yeah. This is like my interview prep pile over oh here. Oh, my God. That that's I amazing. Did over this weekend. So. Yeah. yeah. She, so when I, very far into the process, was like, I'm actually not good at certain parts of this book. Like, I had written probably 100,000 words, and I think oh it was. Oh, my gosh supposed to be 60,000. And I really just don't have the type of brain to make sense of that. Or I'm told the book really flows. And I'm like, that has literally nothing to do with me. Like Rachel came in and really did that for me because she's so, yeah, she's like, her brain is so amazing and so different than mine. Like I can flow and just like pour it all out and like have it be funny and weird and all of that. And she was able to like digest all of that and actually make sense and like towards the end work with Lauren, my editor, to like really offer up something that is digestible in a way that like not really my strength, especially with the written word. So yeah, I'm excited for you to meet her. She's, I mean, I think my lucky stars that, that she came into my life and was like really, really what got me to the finish line. I think I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And people were like, you know, you can ask for help and receive help. And I was like, well, that's not my strong suit. But (laughs) I think at at the end I was faced with like, if you would like to have a finished product, you are going to have to have some like someone come in and do some heavy lifting. So yeah, she was. I think it goes back to what you said earlier about how you surround yourself with really smart people who won't let you fail. Yeah, at least try not to. Or at least try not to. Yeah, well, and I think like, you know, back to the entrepreneurial piece, I think, and the female founder thing, there is this sense that like, we're all just going it alone. And like, we're these powerhouses and like everything else sort of like, fades to black. And it's just like, so not the case. And I think like, with a book, I didn't even realize, like, I feel like when we were doing the photo shoot for the cover, my friend was like, so who's writing your book? And I'm like, what do you mean who's writing my book? She's like, there's like ghostwriters that will write your book. I'm like, this is my dream. Like, why would I, you know, but I think it's like, it's just like everything else. It's like, so I'm just going to show up with this written book and be like, I did it. And and I'm like, oh, we need to talk about like the fact that like no one does anything alone. And so when you're in one of these things, whether it's starting a business or writing a book or any big project, like the idea that you're expected to, ju- like the only way you're like a true champion is if you did it alone. And I actually think it's the counter. You know, I feel like being able to like receive that and trust is like one of the most powerful things you could do. So yeah, I'm incredibly happy to have her help. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for of course. coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read. I was like incredibly, incredibly honored because I think I'm still getting used to like being an author. Aww. And I was like, well, this is like an official book podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm an author now. Yes. I mean, we're surrounded by hundreds of books right now. So <laughs> this is my all-time so. favorite genre is like memoir. Oh, good. And this is like, 
you know, my whole thing is like I only do books that if I'm at a bookstore, I would actually pick up. That's amazing. And this is like, I was like, oh, I'm do- yes, I want to do that one. Oh, good. I'm so, <laughs> so glad. Anyway. Good. All right. Well, thanks, thanks for picking thanks it for up. Thanks for coming Yes. You've been listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zibby Owens. Please make sure to sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com to get more updates about episodes like these and also lots of live events. Thanks again to Dear Annabelle, today's sponsor of the podcast. DearAnnabelle.com, code Zibby15 to get 15% off of engraved stationery, notepads, place cards, and more. You can follow me on Instagram at moms don't have time to read books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Zibby.